Hi friends, welcome along. This is the Influence Podcast. If you're looking to inspire more people, have a positive impact on a global scale, build an influential and magnetic brand, and build a profitable business with your unique gifts and talents, then the Influence Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Jake Adam Davey, former high school French and Spanish teacher, turned international speaker, online business coach, and Instagram growth and monetization enthusiast. You can find tools, resources, and so much more on the website, jakeadamdavey.com. And you can also say hello on Instagram, at jakeadamdavey. Please also, if you're enjoying the podcast, do feel free to leave a review. The more stars, the better, of course. But equally, if you're not enjoying it, you are still invited to leave a review. The one thing I would also ask is, of course, sharing is caring. So if you've listened to something or heard something in the podcast that you think you've enjoyed or would be useful and beneficial to other people, then please do hit that share button and pass it on to somebody that you know. I'd be so very, very grateful and so thankful if you did. Now let's dive in with today's episode on the Influence Podcast. Okay, welcome along. This is episode number 17 of the Influence Podcast. And today, a very special guest. I'm really excited to introduce Emma Campbell. Emma is a Manchester-based lifestyle blog and social media um, expert, really, I guess you would say. Um, She covers everything from food, fashion, love, life hacks. um, And she's based across not just Manchester, but also across the UK as well. Her website and Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all other accounts are under the name What Emma Did. And she's been sharing across this platform her life online for the last 10 years or so. Emma, thank you so much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Hi, no worries. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. Um, Emma, this is, this is really exciting for myself um, because you are probably the closest person that I know to a, a bona fide influencer, if you like, on Instagram. Um, and I'm going to come full circle to that very shortly. But I want to start with a question that maybe wasn't expected. Um, could you tell us a bit about where we are today? Yeah, sure. So I am a full-time influencer, if that's the word that people tend to use for this job. Um, I do like to say blogger, um, if people do ask me what my job is, just because I did start 10 years ago and my main platform was a blog. My background has always been in writing and journalism, so that's kind of my roots and where I started. Um, Obviously, over the years, Instagram and Facebook and YouTube have all come really big, so my role as a blogger has evolved to cross all social platforms and now it kind of gets classed as the name influencer which is fine um i think there's a lot of influencers who will just work on instagram or certain social platforms um i think a blogger is just a bit more of a rounded title so yeah that's what i'm doing at present i have been doing it full time for nearly two years now perfect thank you and where are we today as in Location. Location-wise, yeah. We are in a place called The Colony, which is a co-working space in Manchester near Piccadilly Station. So there's a couple of these dotted around the centre. Um, I always choose this one because it's near the station. So if I travel in, in and out of the city, um, it's very close. It's nice to have a bit of a base when I have days where I have meetings or events and I don't really have to like tie myself down to like a full-time office. Perfect. And how did you come about, I'm kind of working back to ultimately how this all started, but how did it come about that you've now in, you're now in this sort of co-working space? Is it, is it your space or are you in an office with people? How is it, what's the current situation? So it's just me, um, basically as a hot desker. So because I work by myself and I don't have a team or anything, it can be quite lonely working from home. So I needed a bit of a base in Manchester where I could be close to like PR companies or events that I go to in the week. Also somewhere that is quite sociable and there's a lot of other people working um, and a place that kind of kind of welcomes like creative industries. So one of my friends that I used to work with many, many years ago um, is situated here at Colony. And mentioned that it would be great for someone who is a blogger and influencer because 
it's very flexible you can come and go as you please um if you want to stay here for a month you can or if you want to tie yourself in for a year so yeah that's kind of why I decided to come here to break up my week and it just helps a lot instead of having to jump from coffee shop to coffee shop whilst I'm freelancing perfect thank you so we met through a mutual mutual friend I think it was about nine years or so I think it probably was yeah Yeah. I think I was in my like mid-twenties then so yeah would have been okay without giving away too much yeah without giving away my age (laughs) (laughs) early thirties so the the reason that I say that is because I think when we when we met um, I knew very very little personally my sort of online business and online journey has only been over the last three years or so Mm -hmm. so I knew very little about it I was a teacher full time yeah and I sort of knew you as being somebody who had who did something on that. Yeah. But it didn't really, it, in that kind of way, it didn't really make much sense. So, yeah. what did it look like, like nine years ago when okay. when say we met or even when yeah. you first started? What did it look like when you first started? Um, well, I have been doing this for just over ten years, and when I started, it was basically a blog, and it was obviously a Manchester-based blog. But because there wasn't that many bloggers around back then. I would kind of work across the UK. I would work with a lot of London brands and it was all website focused. So brands would want to work with me to do reviews um, they would want to send me to events and basically just do a lot of write-ups for things that are going on in the country. And it was quite easy to do that just on a website because there just wasn't that many bloggers back then. So that's predominantly what I was doing. I was working full time. My background is across journalism, PR and marketing. So I think when we met, I was working for a fashion retailer who were based near Manchester Airport. And I'd been there for about, I think I worked for them for about four years. And I was the PR and marketing assistant. So I used to do this blog in my evenings and weekends. Um, I kind of like focused the blog a lot around fashion and beauty back then, just because that was the industry that I was working in. So it went hand in hand. But now, like fast forward to where we are today, it's very much lifestyle. It covers everything, everything you can think of. And that's just kind of how it's developed as the years have gone on. Mm. Amazing. So, it, it, and I think this is sort of the, maybe a bit of preconception for myself, certainly. And then people, when they get started, is the idea that the, the influencer lifestyle, if you like, if you, you know, mm-hmm. for, for want of a better phrase, is it's, it's a full-time position it's full-time and you don't do any other work around it but what you're, yeah. what you're almost saying is that up until almost you know even perhaps two years ago you, yeah. ha- you have been working in a job yeah. perhaps relatively uh, aligned with what you're yeah. doing but it gave you maybe that element of security yeah because I'll be honest I never thought that this would was a full-time job or would be and mm. it wasn't because I didn't think it had the scope maybe I thought that I wasn't good enough at it or maybe I didn't dedicate enough time to it Um, And then it was only over the years I kept seeing people that were launching blogs and then starting their Instagram account. And then 12 months later, they were doing it full time. So I thought, well, hang on, I've been doing it now for like X amount of years. Why haven't I pushed myself to make it a full time thing? Because it could be if I took every opportunity that came. But because I had the security of a full time job that I thought I always would need, I just never really pushed myself that much. So when I thought, right, okay, this can be a full-time thing, I need to move away from just focusing on a blog and start the world of Instagram and see see if Instagram can work hand-in-hand with my blog, generate an income, and be at that comfortable position where I can leave my job and then take it full-time. So after I thought that, when I first got those plans in mind, it was about another three years, because I, I just kept thinking it I was just worried, thought yeah. it wasn't safe enough. So I had over three years, and then I finally made the cut, and that's nearly two years ago, and I've honestly never looked back. I haven't I've had the odd month where it's gone a little bit quiet, but it's never been anything worrying. It just gets busier and busier. Incredible, incredible. And that's... That, what's that... I, I, I want to kind of drill down into what is that moment where you knew that this was going to take off? How How did you... Was it was it a financial reason? Was it just uh, the, the the drive of, of what you really loved doing? 
Was it a confidence thing? What was the like that that moment where you just thought, yeah, this is I'm doing it now? I think it was. It was a, a mixture between a few things, but I remember I was working for a large retailer that are based in Cheshire. Um, I was the PR manager for them, and I was going into work. And like in all complete honesty, I was fifty percent on the job, fifty percent on my own, whatever I did business. I could see my inbox blowing up every day. And I started getting more opportunities that involved me travelling with brands. So brands would ask me to go abroad with them on press trips. And obviously I had to turn them down because I was working. And it was then that I thought, I can't keep carrying on just balancing everything 50-50 and not putting 100% into one. And it was also kind of for like a financial reason as well. I was um, moving in with my partner, which meant obviously our bills are split Um, outgoings become less and I thought this is the time to take the risk and it was also a time when I saw so many people doing it as well and with all the years behind me that I had I thought I can't really have excuses anymore this is the time amazing and for somebody that's I mean you're at the stage now where the you've you've got the the Instagram account and that's up at around 70 80,000 followers or so now I believe um and I, I mean, I look at your account. When I go through your account, um, a couple of things really stand out. First of all, if you look at the hashtag Manchester, you are always in the top posts. Oh, that's one good. of your yeah. You are always. In the <laughs> I top always posts. aim to try and be there. Yeah, because that's well, that's that's an area that I always go to because I'm looking for people in the local yeah. area that I can connect with, and and that's a big part of where I was aware of you when I started get, getting back into yeah. getting into Instagram the first time. Right. Um, what does how how does it start? That's because I think there'll be a lot of people that listen to this and they 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 want to know like how do you actually get that first gig for one of a better phrase? Is it that you are so you're going to restaurants and you're tagging the restaurant or are you buying products and then you're tagging the product or do you reach out to to companies? How did it actually start? So it is quite difficult you have to put a lot of your own work into it first and I know that my journey will be different from a lot of people in my situation because I have been doing it for 10 years so if someone was to come on board now and want to start an active Instagram account start this online social presence and try to make it a job it is so much more crowded now than it was back then so I feel like I had that boost because I had a big blog following took it to Instagram so I instantly had like ready-made people that was that was there who wanted to join my journey and it grew from there so I was already involved with brands and doing a lot of work however when Instagram like rewind back like three three four years ago when it wasn't so influencer heavy and making a job out of it was as common I did just used to do a lot of things like I'd just be doing whatever I was doing on my blog like restaurant reviews or beauty product reviews um, I would take them to Instagram and I would just just try and get my name out there. I'd try and put like quality quality content out there. Um, I'd tag the restaurants in it. I'd use their hashtags. I'd ask people if they wanted to do competitions and join forces so that their followers could then follow me and, and things like that. So the more brands I could get my name out there with, see if they wanted to collaborate, then that would ideally help me grow but one thing that I didn't do and I still don't do now is I don't actively reach out to companies and say would you like to gift me like x amount of clothes and I'll promote them on my Instagram just because it's just not really something in my nature that I do and I just I don't know I just think if I was going to do that then I would rather just buy something myself something I genuinely love and try and get the brand's attention that way um, a lot of people do ask and there's nothing wrong with it at all but I think just because I have been doing it for so long and I do have quite good contacts and work that comes in quite often I don't really need to do that um, but it is a good way of getting started I think if you, no matter what your follow account is if your content is good and brands can see that you want to grow on Instagram and there's something in it for both of you then that, that is a good thing to do because yeah. it can help both parties you, you mentioned so many things in there that we, we talk about and, and I sort of talk about not just on the podcast but in Instagram training as well linked to you know quality content ultimately that other people want to see yeah collaborations I love that idea so that, that you find other other people other companies other businesses other brands um, that you actually want to collaborate with the mm-hmm. idea of creating a competition mm-hmm. talk me through one of those how might that work 
So it might be that I'll be going through a stage where um, like follower growth is slow and there's just not like engagement numbers might stagger a little bit on Instagram. And then say if there's like a nice bar or restaurant in Manchester and I think I go there quite a lot anyway. They've got thousands and thousands of followers. I've got lots of photos already in my photo bank where I've been there, whether it's been on a review or not for a review. I think is there any way we can help each other? So that might be when I'd say to them, if you ever want to run a competition with an influencer in the area, I'd be happy to do like a follow what Emma did and follow your brand and they can win like a free course meal and drinks at your restaurant um, as long as followers follow both. And then when we both promote that, we find that our followers will follow each other and we'll both grow and boost. So that's just something that I do. I'll probably say like every every couple of months like every two months I'll think about doing that when growth gets a bit stale um it tends to work the the one thing I would say is sometimes with competitions you do get people that might genuinely not have followed you before so it might be someone that doesn't really engage with you after that which isn't really what you want but it's trial and error and it is something that I like to and also it's giving something back to the people that follow me as well so it's like giving them something nice Hmm, I like that and the fact that, as you say, you want to you want to be engaging with people that that it means something for them to be able to follow you, as yeah. well as um, just you know perhaps another number, um, which I, I fully fully believe in and fully agree with because ultimately um, there seem to be more and more strategies out there, and this is more general. I had a message actually about this yesterday. Somebody asking where can I buy followers, and it's it's completely still the wrong approach to be looking at not just yeah. not just Instagram but business generally yeah. um, I think as well but the idea of, of collaborating working together and finding people as you say that you can kind of help each other yeah. I think is, is really really impactful for that so your account as I look at it now it tends to tends to be I'd say one if I looked at say the, the top nine posts four of them start with the word ad yeah so how does that fit together in the sense of um, do you do you sort of structure every one every two posts I'm going to do an ad or is it when it comes up and and how do you have agreements with the companies about how you're going to promote that? Yeah, so it can be a bit of a funny one because I don't ever want to be someone who is constantly ads because I think that as soon as you do that you do lose the people like people really warming to you and thinking that you're genuinely pushing things that you like. However. I don't think there's anything wrong with ads in the sense that people that are content creators and have like a, a good presence on Instagram, it does need funding because otherwise you couldn't do it. So I think it's just to get it in the right balance. I would say that if I have, say for example, like four companies that approach me at once and they're all looking for an ad and they give me dates, I do check that they're not back to back because especially if it's products that are in a similar industry like if one was like a mascara brand and then the other was like I don't know a foundation um product I just think I will happily try them out and use them but I wouldn't necessarily be shouting about two different brands a day apart so that's when I have to go back to brands and say how it would work for me sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't sometimes they want me to do it exactly their way and that's when I have to step back and think is this a good move or not but I think the main thing is as long as the things that, and the products and the brands that I'm promoting, my audience can relate to and that there is spaces in between each one because you don't want it to be too ad heavy and everything has to reflect back to me and the What Emma Did brand and also relate to the audience. Sure, sure, absolutely. Who, Who is your audience? So I feel like my audience has grown with me over the 10 years. So it is normally, when I look in my Instagram insights, it, the biggest category is, I think it's 24 to 35 or 24 to 40. I can't remember the bracket now, but it's basically like mid-20s upwards. Um, I have seen a shift in the in the last couple of years because before that I did have quite a younger audience and that was like the late teens, early 20s. But I think it is getting a little bit older. I didn't actually talk about my age much on my Instagram like I do on my blog. And then over the last year when I have been doing I have noticed that the younger people have dropped off slightly and it's probably because I am over 30 now so I am attracting people that want to be seeing things that I'm doing with, in regards to like work, owning a house, um, cooking, all those type of things rather than 
let's stand in a street and have a shoe, which I do still do because I work with fashion brands, but it's just kind of edged a bit more grown up. Not quite the mummy blogger yet, which a lot of people my age are. So I feel like I kind of like sit in the middle. Okay, okay, that makes sense. So what does, what does a, a, I think, and again, from the outside in, particularly with Instagram because it's so visual and you tend to see the best side of everybody's. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the best photos, the best editing, yeah. the best filters. Definitely. Everybody's life's incredible. Um, I, and, and, and we might be, we might be must, um, like sort of busting a myth here or we might be going along with it totally, but what is, what is a typical day, if there is such a thing, but what does yeah. a typical day or perhaps typical week look like for you? I, I mean, literally, from the moment you get up to, say, the moment you, you, you go to bed, is that... Is it, is it work full on? Is the, how do you structure the day? So no two days are ever exactly the same, but there is two different types of days that I probably have in a working week. So I try to do two days from home and three days in Manchester. So the three days that I work in Manchester, I will try and get all my meetings, all my reviews, all my events in them three days. And so if it's a day from home, how that day looks is I will get up in the morning, I check my emails and I always, because my blog has been going for so long, the bulk of my work is still on my website. So from the evening and through the night, there'll be like a lot of companies and agencies from around the world that will want to sponsor articles. So they'll say, um, could you write an, an article for us um, talking about our services? Can it fit into anything that you're writing about on your site? So first thing in the morning, I always go through them and look at my content calendar because I plan the topics that I want to write about. And I see if any of these companies can work into any of my articles or if there's anything I want to review by them. So I spend a good like hour or two doing that in the morning. I go back to them, we negotiate costs, um, advertising options. Some of them will then want to take it to Instagram or Facebook or anything. So the morning tends to be spent really going through that type of work um, and then I'll get on with the work so then I'll, I'll tend to spend a couple of hours writing and um, uploading photos I edit all my images from like the day before and um, I'll always try and do an Instagram post once a day and various stories so I don't tend to do a lot of my stories and my content as I go I will leave it for a day and then I'll edit the pictures and then put them up and um, so I'll fit that into my day as well and do you, sorry to interrupt, do you take, you take all the photos, yeah. you upload the photos, you yeah. write the captions, everything is you? Yeah, and I think a lot of people are lucky enough to have someone that does that for them, but it's one of those where like, I, I don't, not during the week, unless I meet up with other bloggers or go to events and we take each other's pictures for us, but normally it's, I'll do them at home on my own, um, so it's like self-timer, my phone, uh, my ring light. Um, yeah, so I just go through and I'll just brighten them up, sharpen them up, clean them up a yeah. little bit on my phone. Can I come back to that? Sorry. Yeah. Again, this, there'll be a lot of people out there <laughs> who are wanting to do it. One of the big focuses that I'm talking about in, in next year is, is around video and yeah. Instagram TV because I think both of them are really yeah, huge. Yeah, they're going to grow. So if, if people want to get their face out there more and have those their pictures in there, mm-hmm. just, just sorry to, no, just no, to interject okay. into your, your There's so many day. things related to this. There are, right? <laughs> so what... What, what tools do you have? Uh, so let's so you, you're getting ready for the, the, the shoot. Um, mm-hmm. What do you have? Because I'm assuming you're doing these on your own. Yeah. Okay. So how do you do that? So because I'll have a lot of brands that send me products to review, whether it's like fashion or food or um, beauty, I will shoot them at home. So I tend to just like, I'll put them in order of priority. So when I, on one of my work from home days, I'll then have the shoot with it so basically if I'm shooting it on myself I just shoot in my room I just remove pictures from a wall so I've got a big blank canvas behind me I have a ring light and a tripod and then I use my phone I do have a professional camera but I'm just I just hate technology and I just don't like using the camera I I just find things if things are easier I'm happier to do it so if I can use my phone and get good like good quality content I will use that I do use my camera for filming vlogs but for photographs it's my phone so I'll set that up on the tripod do the self timer and I shoot in my room and then I just take my images into either Snapseed or Facetune just to I'll try and whiten the backgrounds just so everything's a bit more cleaner I'll sharpen things up if there's like 
if, if if I've been I don't know if anything's a bit out of place or something's not tucked in right or something I'll just sure. make the odd tweak and yeah then I will upload the images to my laptop so I can use them on my blog or I'll upload them to Instagram um, but that's basically how I shoot if I'm not shooting myself I will do it in various other rooms like if it's like food or cooking or drinks or anything like that but I'll always have my ring light and my tripod because they're just so so key really yeah. And they fit in, I mean, they're tiny, right? The ring light and the... Yeah, so the ring light's not not so tiny, but okay. it's, um, <laughs> I mean, it can... It can it's like kind a frisbee of... size, right? Is it one of those, or is it a tiny one that goes No, it's, it's like a frisbee size, okay. maybe a bit bigger, actually, but it's really bright. So the one I have doesn't dim, which is bad. I would recommend anyone has one that dims, because especially the first time that I got it, all my pictures had this like, really bright white light. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why I didn't get a dimmer. Um, it's going a bit dimmer now, so it's okay. Um, but yeah, that just it just takes off any yellow tones, especially in the winter when you're shooting content and you've got the bulb light. It just tends to have that orange tint on them. So a ring light is just it just makes things easier, and especially if you're shooting in the evening, which a lot of people will if they're juggling creating content online with their day jobs. Amazing. So. I want to come back to, to that in a moment, yeah. but I want to just continue with your, yeah. your day. So Typical let's, day. let's yeah. go back to the day and then yeah. I'm going to come back and ask you about the, the lighting and such. So the shoots that I was just talking about make up a lot of the days that I am at home. Um, obviously, there is a lot of admin around that as well. Um, obviously, doing accounts with like receipts and things like that, and then constantly going on emails. Um, a lot of brands ask for rates and quotes and media packs so I go back to them at like various times throughout the day and put together a quote on the work that I can do some of them will ask me to mock up work first and they'll want to see or they'll want me to show, send them stats of, of previous work I've done so I liaise with them throughout the day with those type of like jobs really and then if it's a day where I'm in Manchester it tends to be a mixture of PR companies that are based in Manchester or PR companies that are based in London um, will be up in Manchester for the day and they want to meet me to talk about brands that they're working with and how can I work with them. So that tends to be them introducing the brand and then me talking about how I can elevate that on Instagram, What if I could maybe take it to YouTube or a blog post. Um, a lot of the events involve a lot of gifting, so they want stories, Instagram stories there and then, um, or at least to take content that I can go away with and use it on stories. Um, I do a lot of restaurant reviews, so I try and fit them in during the week so that I'm not really doing a lot of them on the weekend. And then so many brands these days have events where influencers and bloggers can all meet each other and just learn more about the brand. So I tend to go to them in the evening. In the gaps between those type of days, I might try and shoot with another blogger or another content creator um, in the day and then I'll always need to have a couple of hours where I'm on email and writing articles and social media captions and chasing invoices and things like that so yeah so that's I think that's fair to say that it's it's not a case of everybody lying on the beach or eating at restaurants all day every day it isn't and I, I do feel like and I have been guilty of it and I will hold my hands up of that like of promoting this perfect life where it looks glossy and glamorous and a lot of the events I go to kind of allow me to do that because it's such a nice event I will get a nice picture then it goes up on my Instagram and it does look like that but I am slowly leaning towards and more so for 2020 being much more kind of like sharing content where I'm not doing those type of things um, I, I've always suffered from bad skin so I feel like I want to do a lot of content next year where I'll be doing like no makeup shots and just saying to people like, hi, like I've, I've got adult acne today or like I'm just feeling self-conscious because of this and share that on my Instagram so people can relate a bit more because I am cautious about people turning the backs on content creators because of this perfect life and I don't want to be guilty of that. Yeah, no, that's interesting. So actually showing, as you say, it's, it's not... The, the perfect moments that everybody sees yeah. but actually there's a lot yeah. more that goes to it because it's crazy because I'll I'll go to a lot of events or I'll work with a brand and someone will take my photo and it tends to be it'll be on my iPhone so that straight away almost like blurs a bit of like the, uh, like reality out yeah. and then there'll be like either natural daylight or there'll just be some nice lighting and I'll post a picture on my Instagram and people will say oh you look flawless or flawless picture and I think but I don't know, or like, well, I don't think it. And 
it's every picture will be the same and it's not really a natural representation so that's when I've kind of stepped back and thought of plans for next year is to just be a lot more raw like yeah. pictures first thing in the morning and then talking about I don't know a daily routine or trying to just bring it to a bit more reality mm-hmm. is there anybody who because there's so many questions that I want to ask you which just but I, I, I'm trying to pick and choose the best ones so who again I come back to, 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 to my own example when I got started I I had no idea about online at all I was a teacher my parents were teachers five of my six aunties and uncles were teachers and I was pretty much destined to be a teacher mm-hmm. and then um, by complete coincidence I met a guy on a beach who was speaking at an event um, he was being paid to be there I was on holiday he was being paid to be there and I said <laughs> I need to know how to do this yes and, and, and I ultimately I, I, I went on his training programme I got mentored one to one by him and I had somebody who literally guided me step by step navigating me through yeah have you had that and if so who's it been and if if, if it's been perhaps more at a distance so you, you've maybe modelled on, on, on other people how's that what's that looked like so there hasn't been um, there hasn't really been anyone that's guided me or anyone that's helped me but I think because the industry of content creators and influencers is so big there has been people over the years that I've met and then they've moved to London and they've like just skyrocketed the career and they do all the amazing things like the guy you met they get paid to go on holiday and they're they started off just like the same as me, maybe not even so as, as long as me, so maybe like eight years ago, they started with a blog and now they're collaborating with brands with their with their own collections and things. There was one, well, is one blogger who is Manchester born and she was she's called Victoria, whose blog is in the fro. And I used to meet her at a lot of events, um, gosh, probably about eight years ago. And she I mean, there's certain things along the way that I always think people might have an advantage over me um, her boyfriend is a photographer so they shoot really good content outside and on shoots where I'm at home um, with self-timer um, just on my own tripod but seeing people like that just take it and then she moved to London started collaborating with really big brands loads of opportunities and there's been a few people that have followed in her footsteps over the years so even though people like that don't mentor me or don't give give me any advice I can just watch their story because they started at the same time as me so I know exactly what they've done and how they've got there and if I ever think it's impossible I would think about people like Victoria and use that as a bit of like a benchmark but I guess I don't it can be quite competitive I try I know that I'm not and I like to be open with everyone about what I'm doing and what works for me but I do find that there are some bloggers and influencers that do keep the cards close to the chest because they see everyone as a bit of a like competition really so it's it's one of those where you can kind of like look at a few people that do similar to you and aim to be as good as them and take on tips that you just see or you can kind of just try and figure it out for yourself but um it's coming so common now so yeah yeah. so for somebody who wants to get started now and mm-hmm. we've, I mean, we've put a lot, I, I realise, of course, as I say, you, you know, you've got the blog, which you've, you've mentioned a lot, um, and the YouTube, um, and uh, Facebook as well. So there's, you, you're across a lot of different spaces. Mm-hmm. We've obviously focused on Instagram for the obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, if somebody, if somebody wanted to get started, and not necessarily within fashion and food and lifestyle, yeah. but in something totally random, totally mm-hmm. different, are there, are there tips or suggestions or advice that you could give them, which kind of... It, it doesn't matter what industry they're going into. Yeah. How would they get started? Well, I guess the advice that I would give someone now would be completely different to the advice I would give them about five years ago. Because now I would say, be as niche as possible. Try not to be a lifestyle content creator. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but you're just literally one fish in a, in a ginormous pond. It's just... It's just getting crazy and crazy. But that's not to say don't do that because there's always room for new people. But if you can be niche and have like your own little USP and your own unique area, I just think that that is the way forward. Um, But then again, no matter what area you want to go in, the one main way that you will grow and always kind of like keep hold on to your followers is if your content is just visually pleasing and it's beautiful. Because I find that if you say if you're starting out on Instagram and you're wanting to grow if you go to places or visit places or work or, or 
visit brands, I don't know, you're using a product, whatever it is, if you take photos that are just so visually stunning and the place or the brand sees that and they share them and credit you, it's just a fast way of growing. But if you're just not taking that much care in your pictures but just hoping people will like you or like your personality behind it, it might just stagger the growth. So I would say try and be as niche as possible if you can. If you can't, which is fine, um, just make sure that your content is absolutely king. Like it's just the slickest content. And mine actually isn't. And I feel like that is one of the downfalls with me. If I did, if I did have like, I don't know, a bit more of like a nicer space that I took all my photos or had a professional helping me, um, I would probably grow quicker than I have. But I feel like just because I've put the years into it and put the work into it and done the collaborations, that's what's helped me. But anyone starting now does need those two things really to kind of set them apart yeah do you know that i find that really interesting that you 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 kind of talk about the quality of your photos and you kind of see that as a downfall mm-hmm. you know not a downfall but as yeah. you feel that there's room for improvement yeah there. yeah and it I does find hinder that, the growth okay i find that really interesting because i think i think again generally from people looking at it it, it looks spot on you know, and I was surprised, as you said, that you've got the self-timer. Um, <laughs> that's good. And you're doing them all but, but genuinely, I think yeah, it does, compared to a lot of content that you see. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think that that kind of illustrates, I mean, for myself, I always think, well, you know, could I be growing quicker? Could I be getting my followers quicker? Could I be um, doing more stories, more live video? And I think generally, and this is probably just as much for people listening, is we ourselves always kind of focus or, or are aware of what we feel are the, down, the downsides. Yeah. But actually, for other people they don't see that as a negative at all. It could even actually yeah. be seen as a strength. And genuinely, I would see your content as a strength and, and your, your yeah. captions and such. So it's, no. it's, it's interesting how we all have yeah. these insecurities see, ourselves. Yeah. yeah, I'm the first to look at it and think, just looks amateur. Like, it doesn't look as good or as, like, slick as other people's. Um, one thing I have noticed, though, with a lot of content creators or anyone on Instagram is some people will be so protective of their work. They'll have worked on doing a shoot for a brand or just creating content that's so unique to them that they really don't want anybody sharing it. That's their work. I kind of disagree with that and know that the the times I've had the biggest growth is when, because I let anyone share my content as long as they credit me. If a brand takes it and then pushes it on theirs, I I see the growth and I don't feel protective of it. Like, hey, hang on, that's my work. I don't want you sharing it on your channels. I'm just not like that. But it's surprising how many people I meet that are. And I just think... It is the wrong attitude to have, but that's just my opinion, mm-hmm. and I understand. I do understand where they're coming from, but I think that you you should be very open to people sharing it, yeah. and it will just spread it around, really. Which which comes back to what you mentioned before about joint venture, what we call joint venture collaborations with uh, restaurants, companies, businesses, mm-hmm. brands within even Manchester and, yeah. and beyond as well. Um, certainly, something we talk about um, consistently within the training programs and, and videos that I do on Instagram. It's it's about collaboration. You know, yeah. you're going to grow quicker yeah. the more people that of course, see. Yeah, ultimately. definitely. Sometimes you really need to rely on someone else's platform to boost you. Absolutely, absolutely. So we've we've kind of looked at uh, how to get started. I'm going to come back a couple of steps. We talked about the lighting before and the light ring and the fact that it removes the yellow tinge and stuff in, yeah. in winter. How important is that for? the perfectionists at home now whether that again be in, in the beauty industry the food industry, the, the, the lifestyle or any niche at all how important is that versus just getting started because one of the big challenges that when we talk to clients about getting a business up and running or moving their existing business online is mm-hmm. it's not quite perfect it's not quite right I've got yeah. and it's, it's fear yeah. so how would you balance or how would you suggest that people balance the difference between or the gap between perfection and the, the fear of, of, of just getting started I feel like you always do have to just get started whether your work is perfect or not but there obviously is a limit and if the quality of the work isn't is just a little bit rubbish then it you know that's when you have to have that perfection in you but I think that with the range of apps and all like the add-ons to Instagram that you can get now it's making it easier for people that don't necessarily have the skill or the equipment but there's a way for them to get almost perfect pictures without being a pro so I something I've still not used myself but would always say to people who were starting out is obviously it looks nice if someone has a a really nice theme like a a cohesive theme that's that's either like sort of one colorway or some effect 
And if you download the Lightroom app, there's loads of presets you can get. And that's what a lot of content creators and influencers use. So I personally don't use that yet. And that's just because I think with this being my full-time job, I do have a lot of time to spend finding a location and editing it myself. But So I don't really need to. But I feel like if somebody is it like say for a company that might have a pro- they might be like a retail product that they own and they are feeling really nervous about about doing this and they don't want to hire a photographer or anything in the early stages do it the best you can and then look for these type of apps that can make things better for you because you do have to have that element of perfection a little bit but it shouldn't stop you from doing it because if you've got a bit of like personality you can put behind it or there's just loads of things you can do to edit pictures these days it's just a nice place to start perfect that lead that leads in perfectly then because i was going to ask then next what one two five apps tools on your phone would you would you you know not leave technically Mm -hmm. you know leave the house with so to speak what's what's kind of in the in the, the basic toolkit for anybody who wants to start building their authority on instagram so I have two main editing um, editing apps that I use for Instagram, and one is Snapseed and one is Facetune. So when you say Facetune, people instantly think, oh, does that edit your face? I don't know how you edit your face on it. I mean, it might be easy, but I find the tools quite kind of like rigid for things like that. So what I tend to use it for is the, is the filters. So it has instant filters that you can put over a picture that changes the saturation and the warmth. So I try to have my images more of a cool tone. So when I take a raw picture, it's always more on the orangey side, just every single time. So I'll take it into Facetune, I'll put one of the filters on, and then you can drag it down, so take it up or down. And then it also has a details feature where if I'm working with, say, a drinks brand, I can just run lightly over the drink if I've got the detail selected and it just brings out any logos and colours so that the main focus of the picture can come out a little bit. Um, There's also a whiten tool so I use that for backgrounds that might be a little bit grey or a little bit beigey and creamy. I'll just run over the white and the nap and it just brightens the picture up and it's just things like that that completely transform an image for me. So it's nothing too drastic because there are a lot of pre- a lot of people swear by Lightroom and the presets, but I always feel like, I mean, I love them. It's something that I want to dive into a little bit more, but it's very arty and it's very creative and I just feel a little bit out of my depth with it yet. Um, can some of the like some of the themes that they use on there are a bit OTT but if you keep on using it it, re- it creates a really nice theme so something I think everyone should explore but because I haven't personally I feel like I can't really recommend it um, and then yes Snapseed is kind of the same it it just has a bit of a flexibility where you can do some really cool lighting techniques where you have like a curved line over your picture and you can pick points of the curve to light in certain areas like the top corner or the middle you can bring features out um, and it's just it's just a, they're two really good apps where if it's winter and it's dark at night it's just really handy to use to get images brightened so I couldn't I couldn't be on Instagram without them really perfect I'll, I will make sure that there's links to <laughs> all of those so Snapseed Facetune it does sound <laughs> unusual doesn't it I know I think it does have a bad reputation for people changing the face but I don't know I've not, I've not seen how you do that yet it makes me think FaceApp you know the one yeah, ages yeah. and such. Uh, not that one okay so Facetune and then Lightroom that was the other one yeah okay. which I want to look at more next okay. year okay fantastic so talk to me more about not just next year but let's say five years from now because you've, you've been doing mm-hmm. this ten years so what if it, and it's, you know, if, if you're not there already, what does what does this look like when it's in a commas finished for you? When when you when you sit back and you might already do this, but mm-hmm. when you sit back and think this is I'm I'm literally doing what I want to do every single day, and and this is this is perfect for me. Um. So I feel at the moment that I I have felt like that a couple of times over the last year, but now I feel like there is a bit of a gap missing. And I think it's because the way forward on Instagram, so it seems, is Instagram TV, video, stories, like the more creative your stories are and all the amazing features you can use. I feel like that's the way forward, which is brilliant, but I feel like so there's a lot of days I don't want to be on the camera. I don't want to be on my stories. I don't want my face talking and instagram tv i'm just like i just don't want to be on it all the time i know it is the way forward so i'm going to try in the in the next year and onwards to kind of make my account 
be a little bit more like magazine-y and maybe take on a bit of a team and have a team of us that, that do things in, around, in and around Manchester so it's not just the pressure on me so we can follow one of the team around on a day or you know hand, do an Instagram takeover with other businesses in Manchester and try and take the focus away from me so much but obviously still keep it keep it like that to an element because that's why people have followed but try and work with the biggest trends on Instagram but not that I have to wake up in the morning and feel like I just don't want to be on video today I don't want to be talking to the screen on stories all day so I think for me that's my challenge for next year is to find how I can leverage the big growing like phenomenon of of IGTV without having to constantly be in it Um, and when I think I've cracked that and I I don't know it's a funny one because I feel like I'm unsure really at the moment with it but I know that that is the way forward and that's the way I would need to take my business but just not sure yet how I'm going to do it okay I'm delighted and I've not planted anything here to say video Instagram TV (laughs) but I'm delighted that you said that because um increasingly that it, it has to be the way forward you know Instagram rewards people who spend more time on the platform um, I think the average is 53 minutes a day at the moment for most right. users yeah. which is remarkable and ultimately mm. the more people spend on the the better it is for Instagram um, it means that they can run more ads to, to us as consumers um, so it, it does seem to be the way that, that that's going to be going um, for yourself if what what protection do you have or how are you protecting yourself or your business if Instagram closed tomorrow because I think this tends to be one thing that a lot of influencers you know they put mm-hmm. a lot of focus yeah. and, and again I realise of course you are you're on, you're on a number of other platforms and yeah. you put so much focus on your yeah. blog but if Instagram disappeared tomorrow mm-hmm. what happens to your business? So that's a good question um, and it is a scary one but I think that when I turn up for an influencer event and I talk to new influencers that don't know me they instantly think that I am full-time on Instagram and make all my money from that. And in reality, like I always give like like a true transparency, I probably make 70% of my income from my website and about 30% from Instagram. Um, so if Instagram was to go down, it would it obviously would have a massive effect on me, but it wouldn't be the end of everything. And I do stress to influencers that are solely 100% on Instagram that as much as it might be working for them right now, it probably isn't the safest way to go for the future. Um, So if it was to go down and never return, I would just pick up everything that I have on my website. And the aim for that next year is to, as I was saying, kind of in line with my Instagram, is to make it more editorial and magazine-y rather than a personal blog. Make it so that it covers more like UK-wide topics and becomes bit more like bridging the gap between like traditional magazine and blogger somewhere in the middle like online creators online publishers um so i would do that but also on the side um i am part of quite a few freelancer um websites i think like some of them like people per hour and i do take quite a lot of commissions to write blog articles for other companies if they need a bit of help so that would be the area that i would go into i feel like that's because my background's in writing so for a lot of these people out there who are just pure content creators on Instagram, maybe they should be looking at being like a photographer or videographer for other brands, try to see if they can outsource their skills as a bit of a backup. Yeah. Not sure. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's a funny one, isn't it? I, I feel like this other apps like TikTok and stuff that are going, like growing at the moment that are all video-led, so They yeah. certainly are. Yeah, they certainly are. And I think one of the, again, one of the, the big emphasis that we have the big emphasis that we have with our clients is building a database building a list and this generally aimed at at business owners or entrepreneurs um, who are looking to generate leads for their business and we talk to them about social media Instagram specifically um, because that's where people are but it's it's a case of moving them off Instagram into a database so it sounds like you're doing something similar getting people to the blog what's the so it's, it's all under what Emma did currently yeah is that going to continue or is that going to change so it's funny that you ask that because well to be blunt it is going to change um because 10 years ago when I set up what Emma did um it was because I was a freelance writer I wasn't getting paid to write for big publications in London I was doing it because I'd graduated and just needed my name out there and I set it up as an online portfolio for all the work I was doing for everyone else so what Emma did in other words what Emma's worked on it was just an online portfolio 
10 years down the line, some days, I wouldn't want to say I don't care what Emma did, but sometimes I just don't want to talk about what I did and I want to be covering more like lifestyle news and things that are going on. So the name isn't as relevant as it once was. Um, also, as I've mentioned, like throughout this talk, I do want to take the focus away from me in, in some aspects. So it will be changing and it probably will be something that happens mid 2020 and it will reflect much more of an, an all round editorial um, name. But the name I do not know yet. Okay. So we will see. All right. Well, watch this space and we can, yeah. we'll update certainly. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, it'd be good if we can catch up maybe middle of next year or so if not before and, and really look at how that transition's yeah, gone see if it was a good move or not yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> there's only so. one way to find yeah, out right? definitely. so um I'm, I'm very conscious of your time because i know well just having heard from uh, a few minutes ago how much is you, you <laughs> fit into your day so i don't want to take too much of your time but so i'll kind of move on to more of a, a quick fire round if that's okay yeah uh, that's fine quick fire questions it doesn't have to be a quick fire response okay. um we'll see. but if there was if there was one particular highlight or and that it may be um a, a trip it may be uh, something you were given it might it might just be the financial um reward or incentive but if there was one particular highlight from everything that you've done over the past 10 years um ideally with instagram but it, obviously because mm-hmm. you, you're on other platforms it could be elsewhere but what yeah. what's that moment that really stands out and you think that is probably the best thing that's happened in this journey so far the best thing, so there is a few, but the very best thing was when I won an award with Cosmopolitan um, magazine as the best new fashion blogger. So this is a good few years ago, but it stands out because I literally didn't thought I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I was just, it, it was back when there wasn't really much guidance and nobody really cared that much what I was doing. Everyone thought I was just messing around on the internet. And when it won the award, it was kind of like, this is why I spend so many hours in my evenings and weekends working on this website and Instagram. Um, and it won the award and I just received like so many more followers and it kind of boosted me and threw me out there to be more confident in working online and, and growing Instagram. So that definitely stands out because it opened so many doors and I feel like it kind of told me and everybody else that this isn't just a mess about thing it's been it's been recognized by a big name such as cosmopolitan and the second one is just the opportunities that it brings and the people that i get to meet and i've always been a bit of an internet geek growing up i I just remember when i was younger i would always be on the internet and then i was it was like on msn chat and then myspace and i just i could stay on a computer all night and people don't expect me to when they meet me and i studied fashion at uni and they think oh she might be quite cool but then i'm not cool i'm just an internet geek <laughs> so to be able to have met like meet people that are like-minded like me that have an interest in fashion and beauty but are also seo geeks and like interested in like app growth and like building social media platforms it's nice to have to know that there's a lot of us out there that can that are interested in making a career for ourselves on the internet and on our phones yeah. and i think things like that just just give me a lot of like just a lot of confidence to carry on with it and yeah just those two things probably stand out as the key yeah. achievements yeah i think that's remarkable i i actually didn't know about the the so the best new fashion blogger mm. award from Cosmopolitan. yeah Cosmopolitan, yeah it was a good few years ago but wow. um yeah i try and mention it whenever i see people yeah i was just gonna but i was just gonna say because that wasn't in any of the information that you sent over before and i think I think no, you didn't. No, but I think that's and again, just just and and this is this is where I'm. I almost feel really pleased that I knew you before seeing you on Instagram. In yeah, a way, because yeah. because you you certainly because people you know you get the perception of what people are like yeah. on the internet in a yeah. comments, but you you know you are extremely humble. You're extremely approachable. Um, extremely generous with your time um, and extremely hardworking from what I've seen as well. Ah, thank you, I do try. Um, no, no, absolutely. I <laughs> guess it's the absolutely. nature of being self-employed and you think it's got to work. Mm, yeah, well, you're committed, right? Yeah. You're, you're, in, yeah. you're in two feet 100%. and you're committed. Just, just come back because this is, this is something I'm interested in. Sorry, I'm, I'm jumping out of the quick fire. I'm going to come back. That's okay. Is messing around on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> what is, what was that, what's the perception, say, of your, of your family when you started and has that changed and how's that changed now i still feel like some of them won't ever get it and that's probably and probably a generation thing because it obviously wasn't anything that was big back back then but 
if anyone asks my parents or my family what I do as a job, they would probably would pause for a while and they'll probably say, oh, she's, she's a writer, she does online blogs and social media and that's probably as far as it would go. But they are extremely supportive and especially since doing it full time, they know how much work I put in and how much time I put in um, to, to grow in it. So they'll sometimes jump in and take my photos with me. They come as my plus one to events um, and support me. Um, because they're not active on social media themselves if there's probably an element that they don't get and I don't think they are so confident that it is a full-time ongoing career for the future which is understandable but obviously there's a lot of avenues you can go from doing this so I'd just like to assure them that it is um so yeah it's a it's a bit of a funny one I feel like there's still a lot of people that have no idea what I do even though I tell them but it is one of them on kind of one of them industries Instagram that people just think it is messing about with some nice images and you just really have to take the time to listen to someone's story to know that it is much more than that absolutely absolutely it it, it makes me think when I was when I was teaching I remember we we delivered an assembly one time and we we kind of grabbed this information I can't remember where it was from but one of the quotes on there was that ultimately we were preparing the students and they were being prepared for jobs 80% of which didn't even exist yet yeah kind of thing you yeah. know so about five years after they've finished school and then yeah. they've gone to college and maybe uni yeah. that we're actually preparing them for jobs that we don't yeah. even they don't even exist completely you know? yeah exactly so I can yeah. I can fully understand that it's been since I graduated to now the amount of jobs in this industry is completely changed yeah. there's loads of new jobs that never existed back then mm. quite it is quite remarkable yeah is there is that so coming coming back then just to just a couple of those quick questions do you is there one particular um, if you were if you were able to share one thing with people that they could that would stick with them and that would last with them, be it a quote, be it a saying, be it a piece of advice that you've been given at some stage that you really like to either use yourself or that you'd like mm-hmm. to impart and share with other people, what would that be? Um, I think one that's stuck in my head for years and years, and I always think of it before I'm about to do something new is if you feel the fear just go for it because if there's something that makes you feel scared or uneasy it's probably because your body and your mind knows that you have to do it but you just don't want to because you know it's going to open something up or it's going to be a bit life-changing but the result is always good and that's why you're scared because you just don't think you can do it and I always remember interviewing um, back when I was doing a lot of journalism that I'd never got paid for when I just graduated. I was desperate to get my name out there. I remember interviewing an artist and she was collaborating with Harvey Nichols. It was this big, glamorous show. And I had like five minutes just to interview her. And she told it to me. And I told her like, oh, I, I've started a blog, but, you know, it's just, just a little site online. I don't really like push myself to go to things. And she was like, feel the fear and do it anyway. And now every time an opportunity comes up and straight away I get scared, I think of that and I'm like, yeah, I need to, if I feel, if I felt that fear, I need to do it. And every single time that I do, I'm always so glad I did, no matter how much anxiety I might have had before it or that I didn't sleep the night before, it's always worth it. Can you, is there one particular time where you've, that you can recall where you've really, that, that that's been the case? Yeah, and it's it's all, it's, it's coming to something that I do quite a lot now, but only recently, is something I do a lot now is I do talks at like business expos and at universities. And when I was first asked to do them, the thought of standing there in front of hundreds of people that run small businesses or are part of large corporate businesses and talking to them about a blog and Instagram, I just thought, I can't do it. I can't, I can't deliver it. I can't talk about what I do because no one's going to get it or I'm just not going to seem good enough. And even the thought of just public speaking, I, I just couldn't. But I, but I kept thinking of that quote. And then the first one that I did, as soon as it's over, you just have this like adrenaline rush that I did it. And then the amount of leads that you get from the back of anything like that, the amount of companies that want to work with me from it, you just think, if I'd not done that, what a door I'm closing. So... Since then, I've started to do university talks about like online careers and blogging and Instagram. And every single time, I'll still get that knot in my stomach, like, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I getting to, why am I putting myself in these situations? But it always works out for the best. Yeah, incredible. So I I, think a great piece of advice, feel the fear and... And do it anyway. Do it anyway, (laughs) I love it. So last question, Uh, last question, as I say, I've taken so much of your time, so thank you again. No, don't worry. Um, The podcast is called Influence. Um... 
what does the word influence mean to you? Influence to me means inspiring. So not so much as being influenced as in brainwashed by anyone or or being forced to like something or see something through rose tinted glasses and think this is this is what I need to be doing. Um, to me, influence is something or someone that inspires you. So if you're on Instagram and you're following loads of accounts, think about are they inspiring you, whether it's per- in personal life or work life or to be like them if, if you, there's a competitor. It, I just think that too many people use the word influence for something that you have to be or want to be. And that can sometimes be quite negative and make you feel bad. But if you think about being influenced or influence in general as inspiration, it kind of homes you in on on following people or like being involved with people that are in your space and in a positive way and it's just good for the mindset and like for business plans and things like that so to me that's how I would describe influence I love it thank you so much and I think that's no a, a wonderful place to leave it there so Emma <laughs> for, for thank you so much I genuinely appreciate all your time so thank no you for that at all. thank you for having me it's been an absolute pleasure and, and hopefully we can do this again yeah um, I can always talk about these topics all day yeah. every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exactly the same so that makes it that makes it all the more enjoyable for people now to go away and find you online I'm going to put all the links in the show notes uh, every all the, the apps that we've talked about as well um, Facetune I'm definitely going to take a look at that <laughs> yeah um, but if people want to find you online where is the best place for them to find you for them to contact you and, and, and get in touch so it was pretty easy I'm at what Emma did on all social media um, what Emma did has an underscore after it because somebody took it about 10 years ago and still hasn't let it go um, and then obviously you can find me on whatemmadid.com which is the main site perfect thank you so much I would greatly appreciate it and um, I look forward to speaking to you, with yeah, you again yeah definitely in, uh, and possibly we'll have another one in the future yeah definitely talk Thanks about so all things online <laughs> thank you alright thank you bye Hi friends, Jake here again. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find links to anything that we've discussed, books, trainings, other podcasts, uh, anything currently that we're enjoying, you will find those in the show notes or you'll find it somewhere in and around all the information that you usually find in a podcast. And a reminder that if you'd like to know more about what I do, if you want more of tools, resources, any recommendations, readings, uh, free training, products and such, then you can find all of that on the website jakeadamdavy.com. Equally, if you want to come over and say hello, Instagram is always the best place and the account is at jakeadamdavy. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave us a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something or listened to something that you've enjoyed yourself and you think will be beneficial or useful to other people, please do pass that on. It will be very much appreciated. And as you know, when you get a recommendation from somebody that you trust, there really is nothing better. Thank you so much. And until next time, stay on mission, do something extraordinary for others, keep inspiring and keep growing your circle of influence. Goodbye.